Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I've titled this message today, Bubbling Up. Everyone say, Bubbling Up. It'll make sense in a little while. But I'm going to read in a second from John chapter 4. It's a well-known story of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman at the, J- at the well, at Jacob's well, just down the road here. You can laugh, it's all right. It's not my best material. But let's set the scene. Jacob's well, it's in Samaria. You see, Jesus is traveling and he's traveling. You see, this is interesting that Jesus finds himself in Samaria because Jews and Samaritans were enemies. If Jews were us, then Samaritans are them. And you know that we don't like them. Jews didn't do this. Jews would happily walk around Samaria to get to where they want to go, literally walk the long way around to miss Samaria. This is why stories that Jesus told like, uh, like the Good Samaritan were so provocative in its day. They're like, but, but he's one of those people, Jesus. What do you mean, the Good Samaritan? Is that an oxymoron? What, what is that? You see, this is so interesting, this whole rift between the Jews and the Samaritans to give you some context to this story. So Jacob dug this well, well, his servants probably did, but Jacob dug this well and Jacob's name became Israel. Does anyone know the story? Israel, after he wrestled with God, he became Israel. He had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of? Of? Judah. The 12 tribes of? Let's try it again. The 12 tribes of? Oh, he's a killing me. What's up? Israel had 12 sons. His sons became the 12 tribes of? Are you serious? Are these guys serious, Dan? Help a brother out here. You see, Israel was split in north and south. Samaritans and Jews were both Israelites. Samaritans were on the north, Israelites on the south, and one of the biggest problems was that Samaritans thought that they could worship only at Mount... (sighs) Man, you're killing me. At Mount Gershom. But the Israelites, the Jews, sorry, the, the southern guys were so convinced that you could only worship God in Jerusalem... I'm thankful that we don't have a theology like this. Like we can only worship God in one part or one place. I'm thankful that we can't worship, you know, that we have to worship God in a certain church or a certain building or a certain place. It's not the case at all. One of the main issues was this location of worship. I'm glad we don't struggle with that anymore. Another was that the Jews were judging the Samaritans for intermarrying with the locals, for Gentiles, people outside that weren't Israelites. 
So we pick up the story. Jesus is in Samaria, a place where they were the enemy, where he wouldn't normally go, a place where Jewish men of his time, of his stature, would have walked around the other way, and he meets this woman at a well. John chapter 4, verse 7. Are you ready? A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Verse 9, then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans like I've been trying to tell you. You see, this is nearly 2,000 years ago. John is writing his, par- his, not, not his parable, his gospel, and he includes this whole idea of gender equality 2,000 years ago. You see, the Bible was so advanced for its time. In the culture of the day, this woman was a Samaritan and she was a woman. Why would Jesus hang out with a woman or a Samaritan? See, I love that Jesus didn't give in to the cultural context of the day, but he understood equality and he understood that we were all image bearers of his Father, that we're all made in the image of God. And it wasn't about where you're from. It wasn't about the part of town you grew up in. It wasn't about your gender or your job or your role or how educated you were. Jesus had this way where he treated people so awesomely. And I would love it if our church was marked by that. Let's read on in verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Someone say living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is very deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock? 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. This is the cool part. But the water I shall give them will become in them a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain springing up into everlasting life. As I was reading this, something about this whole idea of uh, the Spirit of God being like living water, being like a spring or something bubbling up. And and I'll sort of walk around the house as I'm thinking about this. And this whole idea of the Spirit of God bubbling up and I'm like trying to talk to Kim and you know in my household at the moment with a five-year-old son like you know how no conversations private does anyone know what I'm talking about I'm like babe I've got this idea for a message it's like still in seed form but I'm thinking like bubble up or I don't know where I got this bubble up idea from but like I'm feeling something like bubble up or something and then like Kim like smiles and I'm like what like what's the smile about then she looks at Jethro and Jethro is like my son's got the biggest smile ear to ear because unbeknownst to me, consciously, he'd been walking around the house for the last month singing this song that they do at school called Bubbling Up. And I'm like, so isn't it amazing subconsciously how you can pick things up? So can I just encourage you? Maybe your home environment's rough. Can I just encourage you? The seeds that you sow can make a difference. If Jethro can go around and sing a song about God around the house and subconsciously, if I can pick something up in the Spirit and then when I read my Bible, it comes alive in me, can I encourage you? Maybe at home right now, keep singing, keep praising, keep worshiping. Check out this song. I got it on the screen for you.
Redo. But like, so as I'm reading this, Jesus encountering the Samaritan woman at the well and this whole deal that the Spirit of God is something that's like a spring bubbling up on us, is I couldn't think of a better way but to show you the song so you could understand. It's so cool, isn't it? My question, is there something bubbling up in your life? The woman's response in John 4.15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. You see, it's not about a place or a geographical location. It's about the position and the condition of our heart and of our mind. It's the condition and the position of our heart and of our mind. Pastor Byron touched on this this morning in his message this morning, but you see, it's so interesting that we revert back to Old Testament thinking where we think that God is in a box or in a holy of holies, not understanding that he's bubbling up. My first question for you, are you ready? First and only question. Will we allow God's Spirit which is this living water, to bubble up? Will we? Will we allow God's Spirit to bubble up? Question mark. Will we allow God's Spirit to bubble up? You don't need to be going back to that same place, that same time period in your life when you experience God. It's not an experience you require, but it's rather allowing the Spirit to overwhelm your life. I love this lady's response, this Samaritan woman down in verse 29. She says, come and see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Her testimony brought others in. Her message was, come and see. Come and see this man who society told me was better than me, told me that I had living water, that I could have living water and it could bubble up and it could bring forth new life and spring forth out of me. Come and see. Will we allow the Spirit to bubble up on the inside of us? Reasons why we don't. Number one, we believe in a split universe. We believe this subconsciously, that there's a spiritual realm and there's a natural realm, which I understand is is a reality. However, we seem to think that there's a defined line that we can draw between what's physical and what's spiritual. 
I'll give you an example of this, where this struggles and where this kind of theology messes with us. Can I, can I give you an example? Yesterday was Halloween. And we had a couple of trick-or-treaters and um, come to our doors, whatever. Jethro, my five-year-old, as I said, is trying to go to bed that night. And he comes to me, he's like, Dad, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to have a bad dream. I'm like, oh, why is that? He's like, oh, some of those costumes were scary when they come to our door. I'm like, oh, come, come here, son, come here. And I, I sat on the edge of my bed, and he come in, and I sort of, because I want to eyeball him and get down this level, and I looked at him, and I'm like, Jethro, where's God? <laughs> Jethro, where's God? And he's like, oh, he's in heaven. And I'm like, yes, but. <laughs> Can I just stop this conversation there? This is what I mean about a split universe. We think our God is way off there somewhere, sitting in heaven, distant and far off and away and removed from life. But when I read my Bible, I find that the Spirit of God was hovering over the valley of the deep. Before there was nothing, the presence and the Spirit of God was all up in this business. So then I said, like, Jethro, you're right. You're right. Jethro looked him in the eye again. But where else is he? Where else is God? And he's like, he's in here. He's in my heart. I'm like, if he's in your heart, if, if you honestly believe, Jethro, God's, what are you scared of? Why, why, why would a costume scare you? Why would a kid asking for lollies that are, why would that scare you? If we honestly believe that the Spirit of God is in us, man, we wouldn't be scared of a Halloween costume. We wouldn't be scared of most of the things we spend our whole life fearful and worried about if we understood that God was in us, if we really believed this living water message that it was a spring that was bubbling up on the inside of us, I could face anything. Any challenge, come on. Any crisis, God, I'm gonna need you to bubble up. I'm gonna need a little bit more. I'm gonna need some of your freshness in my day today. I'm gonna need some breakthrough in this thing. 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I remember it because my parents used to play those little cassette tapes, you know, the, the bright, anyone? They had like a yellow one, an orange one, and a red one. Thank you, Lana. I see that not over there. I'll take anything right now. And there was a song that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we used to play this in the car, but I actually believe it. I believe that the Spirit of God is in us, and it bubbles up, and it... Number two, we can't keep it in. That's what I loved about this song. It's, it's all good to bubble up. It's all good to have a great God experience. It's all good to encounter Him. But then what? Is that it? Is the extent of our relationship with God so that we can have a nice feeling on the inside? I love that the song then goes, I can't keep it in. It's bubbling up. This is our gospel. This is why it talks about things like mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. You know, this sort of language, this sort of poetry language, but then it grows, doesn't it? I love, I preached a message on it last year, and one writer <laughs> sees the mustard seed as like the mustard plant as like an obnoxious weed, and I just love that thought of the Gospels like an obnoxious weed, that you're not getting that sucker out of this world no matter what you do. But then a mustard seed grows and you can't hide a tree. Have you tried lately? This spirit of God, this gospel message was supposed to grow on the inside of us so that we could not keep it in. 
When it grows, we can't hide it. We drip, we overflow, we leak. It bubbles up. The other thing that I love about bubbles is my favorite place in the world is inside of a spa. Can I get an amen? If you're looking for me on holidays ever, it will be in the spa. You know what? I don't even care if someone's picked their toenails in just before me because that's what everyone seems to do in a spa. Like when we lived in a place with a spa, there's always toenails floating around in there. And you know what? I didn't even care <laughs> because I feel like it's my happy place. Like being in a spa, when I jump in there and it's warm and the bubbles are on and the jets are on, it's like everything is well in the world in that moment. Minus the toenails. But you know what I'm really sick of? Jacuzzi Christianity. Where we thought, just roll with me for a second, where we thought this bubbling up was so that we could just sit back, enjoy the ride. Where we thought that we could just sit back and enjoy this bubbling up on the presence and that the fullness of the presence of God was so that we could have a good time and then we could go home unchanged. Is that it? That our Christianity would just become about an experience and a moment that I could feel something and then leave unchanged. It becomes what God can do for me and how he makes me feel. It was never the intention of the Spirit of God being like a spring that would bubble up on the inside of us. You see, like I said, we drip, we overflow, we run over. We can no longer walk past injustices in our world when we have this Spirit of God bubbling up on the inside of us. We, we can't walk past things that we're used to. I, I find, you know what I find hard lately? Making tough judgment calls on people <laughs> when I'm allowing the Spirit of God to bubble up on the inside of me. It's really hard for me to hate Samaritans when I've got this Spirit of God bubbling up afresh on the inside of me. We can't walk past the reaching thousands donation box in the foyer and not empty our pockets or our wallets when we have this Spirit of God, this living water bubbling up on the inside of us. Can you keep it in? Because I'm done. I'm done. If the extent of my relationship with God is that he is far off somewhere else playing the sims in real life. I'm done. If my relationship with God is just so I can sit back and I can enjoy corporate meeting and a gathering like this, if that is it, I'm done. But the gospel and the Jesus that I read about is incredible. It's so like sneaky and it gets into every part of your life and it bubbles up and it grows and it grows and it grows until we physically cannot stay unchanged. We can't bottle it up anymore. We can't cap it anymore. We can't be damn Christians anymore. By damn, I mean we build a wall <laughs> to keep all the water in. 
and we stop this flow of God, this living water, this spring that bubbles up on the inside of us. So I wonder right now if we could experience the bubbling up of God right here in this moment right now. Would you stand with me for a second? What if you truly believe what I was speaking about? That God's not distant, that God's not far off someplace else, although he is because it's everywhere. But what happens beyond that if he was truly, intimately related to, in and through us? What if we believed that we could receive a fresh touch of the Spirit and it would be living water, it would be a bubbling up spring that we could not contain? I tell you what it would feel like. It'd feel like peace. And as I was preparing this message, I wanted to get to this point tonight where I could say this. Someone, I don't know what your circumstance or your situation is, but someone right here in this room needs to receive the peace of God tonight. Well, I mean the peace. I don't know whether you're struggling with anxiety. I don't know whether even coming here tonight was hard for you or I'm I'm not sure what that looked like for you personally. But right now, I'm just gonna pray. God, I just pray over whoever that is right now that needs to receive your peace. God, I just pray, Lord, that that peace would bubble up in their spirit right now. God, that it would fill their heart and their mind. God, let it overwhelm their thoughts right now. And God, I just prophesy peace in Jesus' name. I prophesy peace in Jesus' name. Someone here needs joy. Joy. If that's you right now, God, we just release your joy. God, I thank you, Lord, that in your presence is fullness of joy. And God, right now, I just ask, Lord, that joy would just bubble up right now. God, over any depressive thought, God, God, over any grief that we're trapped in, God, God, we just kick that out right now. And God, we just ask, Lord, for your joy to bubble up afresh, Lord, right now. God, for purpose in this room. God, right now, God, those people that are struggling, God, and they feel like they're dwelling aimlessly, Lord, without a vision of the future. God, right now, God, I just ask for a fresh purpose to bubble up on the inside of them right now. God, for hope right now. Who needs hope in Jesus' Name? God, I pray, Lord, that hope would bubble up in Jesus' Name afresh. God, that Your Spirit, that this thing, God, Lord, that hope would just bubble up. God, I thank You, Lord, that we're not destitute because of You. God, I pray, Lord, that Your hope would bubble up right now in Jesus' Name. What about breakthrough? What about healing? What about anyone here who needs an addiction broken right here, right now in this moment? If that's you, let's pray, God, right now. God, over breakthrough, over healing, and God, over any addictions that need to be broken in this room right now. Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, bubble up. God, show us what your living water would feel like. Show us what that spring would look like if it would bubble up right now. God, I just ask for those physical needs right now. God, I ask that You would meet and heal bodies in this room, we pray in Jesus' Name. God, over mental health issues right now, God, we just break the power of that in Jesus' Name. And we speak Your healing, God. We ask it to bubble up right now in this room. God, I ask, Lord, for depression to be broken afresh, Lord. 
God, I ask for any other mental condition or issues to be broken in Jesus' Name. God, You're healing and You're breakthrough, we pray right now, Father. You're healing and You're breakthrough. God, I pray for addictions in this room. God, it doesn't matter how long it's been. God, You show us in Your Word, Lord, that You didn't care whether it was a one-week-old problem, whether it was a 12-year-old problem. And God, right now, God, we just speak breakthrough. And God, we speak any addictions will be broken in Your Name because Your living water will be so bubbling up on the inside of us, Lord, that we could not keep it in. That we could not keep it in. Come on, let's sing. Let us become more aware. Let's sing it.